James. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> I want to start talking lower. I think you should. It sounds more it becomes you. sophisticated. Interestingly, uh, that um, response is related to the question I have for you today. Really? You, and which you have no way of knowing. So people no who listen to this don't know the way this works, but we just sit across from each other in a radio studio, and you, I bring in questions that I want to ask you with some answers provided, maybe, and you bring in questions for me, but we don't share them. Right. And it's part of the fun of it is I come up with a question I think you'll have something fun to say about, and I might have something fun to say. I hope so. There's a little of anxiety. Like, what if I'm really boring? Or what if you're... Do you ever get anxious about Let's find out, shall we? All right. So here's the question. This comes from Cora today. Why don't I like my singing voice? The question goes, it may sound stupid, but here it goes. I love singing, and in my head it sounds okay when I record it to see how it will actually sound to others. I often dislike it. I feel my singing is weak. I don't know. Can't explain it very well. It's not about the times I get out of tune because that I can correct. It's just how it really sounds in general. I try to imagine that it's someone else singing and not me. Doesn't work. My singing teacher, so this is someone who actually has a singing teacher, tells me it's very good and I just don't like it. Why? James? Okay, so I think there's two answers. One is, so he loves singing which means he probably has listened to a lot of music, studied singing, has a singing teacher. So he really knows the subtlety between mastership of singing mm-hmm. and even good quality amateur singing and bad singing. And so no matter what, when, this is the most frustrating period of anybody who loves anything. Okay, let's say you love uh, writing, or let's say you love singing, or let's say you love painting, or let's say you love sports. You know what a good painter paints you know what a good how a good baseball player plays and then when you start you'll notice more than anyone else the difference between your quality and the quality of someone who's a master you know and like whether or not the 10,000 hour rule is correct you know Malcolm Gladwell's you know you have to be 10,000 hours of practice with intent to be a master whether or not that's correct there's still just say for the record I love Malcolm Gladwell Mm -hmm. But we should say so that. So on the he record, you love him. But we should, no, I love him off the record too. But we shouldn't say that that's his. I mean, he wrote about an outlier. Sure. But we should say that Anders Ericsson he, is really the right. man who. Gladwell popularized it. Gladwell popularized it, right. So, but Anders Ericsson is a giant of that kind of thinking, and he should be acknowledged whenever possible. That's all. Okay. And other people whose names don't spring to mind, but Anders Ericsson is kind of the ringleader. So you know the difference when you love something between true mastership and like genius. And where you are when you start. Uh, and by the way, every genius started where you're starting, uh, more or less. Okay, you know, even Mozart put in his ten thousand hours before he was a true genius. Now he was a prodigy at the age of nine. He was just Wolfie. But at the age of nine, he wasn't necessarily better than the geniuses in his field. But he was pretty damn good by fifteen. Yeah. So when you first start out in anything, like let's say I love all the great painters and I want to and I get a painting teacher and I want to start painting. I'm going to and my painting teacher is very encouraging and says, "Well, this is really good. You're talented." The talent is just the spark that fuels the fire and then it's the 10,000 hours that builds the skill. So I think there's that gap between your love of something and you know you're not good. You're not at the genius level when you first start. So there's that. Second, isn't there a name and you probably know this better than I do. Isn't there a name for the condition of just not le- enjoying hearing your own voice? So, um, I don't know the answer to that question. I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I think what this question made me think of is that condition. And I think there's a reason for it and a very logical reason for it, which 
is that I remember this. I remember when I was a kid and I had a, a tape recorder, it was a cassette recorder, and you know, I was playing music from the time I was pretty little, and I was writing songs. Like I started writing songs when I was like 10, 11 years old. And I was pretty shy about singing, in part because I probably had a crappy voice, like this person feels they do. But I would, you know, write these songs and record them. And I remember the sensation of the first. Do you remember when you first started to hear yourself on tape? Oh, my you God. You say, wait, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Right? And what it took me years to realize is that the reason that everybody thinks that they don't sound like them when they hear themselves record is because when you hear your own voice every day, you're hearing it from a different place. Your whole auditory system is happening from inside, and now you're hearing what actually comes out. It'd be like the difference between hearing something on a transistor radio and some other totally, totally different system. And so I think one reason that almost nobody likes their recorded voice is because it sounds totally different from the voice that they hear all the time every day. And even so let's say it's even it's not even demonstrably worse. It's just so different. I think it'd be like looking in the mirror and you know exactly what you look like. And then like let's say the mirror will reverse and it shows you backwards. And so you're not you're not so nobody's really truly symmetrical, right? And so let's say you flip it and all of a sudden you look totally off. You're the same except flipped and you would think you look really weird because you're accustomed to it. You're accustomed to your voice. Even if you don't quote like your voice, it's your voice, you know it and you're accustomed to it. And then you hear it from outside yourself and it's strange and it's not you. And of course you wouldn't like it. Don't miss the rest of our attempt to answer this question of the day. James and I will be right back after this very short message. Shopping is awful. Who has the patience for crowded stores or the time to try on 10 pairs of pants that don't even fit well? Trunk Club takes the hassle out of shopping by shipping you a trunk of clothes that fit perfectly and make you look like a million bucks with all the new fall styles. At trunkclub.com question, you answer a simple survey about your style, preferences, and size, and are assigned an expert stylist. They curate clothes from the best premium brands, and you approve of what you like. And just like that, a trunk arrives on your doorstep filled with hand-picked clothes that are perfect for you. Try them on, keep what you like, and easily return what you don't in their prepaid trunk. This is not a subscription service. You only pay for the clothes you keep from your trunk. No hidden charges, just great clothes. And right now, their entire styling service is free, even the shipping. You only pay for the clothes you keep. To take advantage of this deal, go to trunkclub.com slash question. Again, that's trunkclub.com slash question for a trunk filled with clothes you will love wearing. I will say this about this person's question about why do I not like my own singing voice. I do think that singing is something that way more people should be encouraged to do way more often because I think it feels unbelievably joyful and great. I agree, and I want to add one more thing to that. About uh, a year and a half ago, I had to give a talk, and I was extremely nervous. And I had about three days just totally by myself in a hotel room to prepare for this talk. Wow. Why were you three days in a hotel room? Well, Claudia had was visiting Argentina, uh, and I was just by myself, and I don't do anything. Okay. So I was just in my hotel room preparing for this talk. And what I did was I practiced singing, which I had never done before in my life. Wow. And I did that on purpose 
to kind of activate like that part of my brain. It's a different part of the brain. Like people who stutter don't stutter when they sing. Right. So I decided I was going to practice singing. So I I started singing all these seventies theme songs, TV theme songs, <laughs> like Chico and the Man and Welcome Back, Cotter. Can we have a little bit? No, now? no, no. I'm, I hate the sound of my voice. I don't want to. I don't want to do See, it. So that's the thing. But it feels <laughs> so unbelievably good to sing. So why is it? Why do you think it is that like so many people? you know, talk about, like, singing in the shower, singing in the car, singing alone, and, like, they, they you know, people are embarrassed, I guess, to do it in public or with other people, but don't you think that the euphoria that accompanies it is so hugely positive that it'd be cool to find a way to get more people who get that euphoria to do it without feeling the shame? Well, again, I think we all listen to music all the time, not that any of us, or not that most of us are experts, but we all listen to experts all the time. Like if you listen to almost any group out there, they're the experts and you're not. So we're used to what good singing sounds like. And then if you hear yourself, you can hear the enormous gap between yourself yeah, okay, and others. Fair enough. But look at this. So I play golf, right? And I love golf. And I only took it up a few years ago. So I'm, me- you know, I'm let's say a high mediocre, maybe. So I'm not good. And maybe I'll never be really, really good. But I still love it. It doesn't really bother me that I'm not as good as a pro. Do you have I, a teacher? I do. Well, not a not a steady. So I've this, taken this, lessons. So the person asking this question has a teacher right. and is really into it and perhaps wants to make a career out of it and is just utterly crushed when he or she listens to himself. Fair enough. But and, and I do think there is some mm-hmm. biological thing about hearing your voice mm-hmm. that we don't like. And I don't know what the—I forget the word. I don't know what it is. I've heard the word before. But, you know, so it's funny. So I think about this with golf. I think golf and tennis are the only two sports um, that I can think of that when people watch them on TV, they're watching them as self-help, right? It's like when I watch, you know, the NFL, I'm not thinking, oh, man, I should learn to throw a crackback block like that or I should learn to go through the line like that, right? I'm watching. I don't play football, and yet I get this huge enjoyment, and the majority of people who watch football aren't playing football. But golf and tennis are these things that because maybe, A, because they're individual sports, and B, because since they're individual, you can watch. They talk a lot about technique and mental approach and so on. You can watch them like counseling. And so I think that is a danger is that when you watch people who are so, so, so much better than you do this thing that you're able to go out on the same courses even and do, that there's a danger that you will crush yourself with false expectations. You know, there, And that's maybe a little bit like what you're saying about singing. I, I think, though, also there's a biological reason for that. I hate to bring in— uh, You're uh, into uh, the evolutionary yes. arguments now. Yeah, so, so on—, on Golf, for instance, um, your brain doesn't realize, oh, this is a TV set and I'm watching something that's that's thousands of miles away from me. You're accusing my brain of something that I would like to think my brain is not doing. Right. Your your brain is thinking, oh, this is what's happening right in front of me. (laughs) And of course I could do this. I'm going to go on the golf course right now and do it. As bad as my brain is, my (laughs) brain does not do that. All right. Uh, I'll but, believe you. But it's in, but you're right about with singing. So, right. So maybe this person is, you know, um, an aspiring professional singer or, you know. I, but honestly, the biggest takeaway for me for this is why don't we all sing more? And if you were to start a song right now, I'm going to join you. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. If I were to start a song, would you join me? 
Uh, I don't know the words to any song. That's my other problem is I don't remember the words to any songs. You, you, you know the song, you know the words to 70s TV theme songs, it sounds like. You I, said you were I, in your I probably, hotel. I, but I probably forgot them. Okay. Welcome back. Da, da, na, 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 na. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know the tune. I don't know any of the words. So yeah. Try me another. Try another on me. Chico. <laughs> I definitely don't know the words to that. Okay. da, 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 da. They're icky and they're ooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together kooky, the Adams family. That's all I know. Okay, James, you made an effort. To find out what James and I will be talking about next time, stick around. We'll have a sneak peek right after this. Don't forget, Trunk Club takes the hassle out of shopping. At trunkclub.com slash question, you answer a simple survey about your style, preferences, and size, and are assigned an expert stylist. They curate clothes from the best premium brands, and you approve of what you like. And right now, their entire styling service is free, even the shipping. You only pay for the clothes you keep. To take advantage of this deal, go to trunkclub.com slash question again. That's trunkclub.com slash question for a trunk filled with clothes you will love wearing. On the next question of the day. If I was having a problem with something and I thought that you had the answer, would I pick up the phone and probably call you? Probably I would. That's kind of like my baseline for where friendship is. I like to think of a particular, like what kind of problem are you talking about? Like you killed someone? Question of the Day is produced and mixed by David Herman with Allison Hockenberry and Greta Cohn.